Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. A very happy Friday Eve to everyone. It just sounds so much better and feels so much better than Thursday. Now, I mean, Friday Eve is, come on, we got good stuff coming our way. We do have good stuff coming our way. As we head through the program, uh, Harold Ford is going to be with us. Harold is the independent candidate for Henrico County Sheriff. And you may have seen a, uh, a hit piece on him this morning. Uh, in the local newspaper, and I thought, oh, goodness gracious, really? We're, this this is the issue? You've got deaths of inmates inside the Henrico County jails. You've got all sorts of deputy sheriffs in Henrico saying, listen, this place is just not being run properly, and there's, oh, more than a small dollop of nepotism, uh, but... In any event, uh, Harold will be with us at uh, 335. Craig DeSessa is going to be with us at 435. We in Hanover County are trying to keep our school board intact. Now, here's what's happened. Uh, there's, uh, There's a bunch of money that has flown in from out of state, from teachers' unions. And what they're trying to do is turn the Hanover County Board of Education into an elected board. Well, here's the fact of the matter. We in Hanover don't want that. There are a handful of the uh, the uber-leftists in the town of Ashland who think it's a great idea because they're uber-leftists in the town of Ashland. But uh, for the rest of us throughout the county, this is a ridiculous idea and a terrible waste of money. But uh, there's there's a, uh, a vote going on. Of course, Tuesday is going to be the final day to get everything wrapped up. So Craig DeSessa will be here. And Craig, by the way, uh, is part of that whole middle thing. He just says, listen, here's what the facts are. You need to know this is what happens and this is what doesn't happen. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to learning some more from him at 435. And because it is that Thursday, not not that Thursday, but this Thursday, you know, every other Thursday, uh, Dr. Keith Ablo joins us. I've got some questions for him. Uh, that I have to address publicly that I have been addressing with him privately about procedures that are utilized to, I, I don't want to say gender, change gender, because the reality is you can't change your gender. I mean, you can change the way you dress, you want to use a different name, uh, you want to chop off perfectly good body parts, you can do that, uh, but you can't change chromosomes. Right There's XX and there's XY, and that's just the way it is, and that's the way it's always going to be, because XX doesn't equal XY, 
and XY doesn't equal XX, and it never will. In a hundred years, in two hundred years, when we have all passed from this mortal coil, as archaeologists are unearthing bodies, perhaps saying, "Well, we need to uh, research what happened back in uh, 2023." If they unearth bodies, they're going to identify those bodies as male or female. And no amount of pronoun accumulation or dress changing or any of the rest of that is going to change that. So Dr. Ablo, Dr. Keith Ablo will be with us at 535. Last night was just nuts. Uh, there were a lot of us. I put myself at the, at the front of this line. Is that I don't know if people will want to travel down to Hopewell for politics and pints. I gotta tell you, I had some very real re- concerns. And I was so pleasantly surprised. We sold it out last night at the Beacon Theater. Just apps, every seat, it seemed, was taken. And it was a raucous crowd, to be sure. Sometimes a little too raucous, but that's okay. I mean, that's, that's part of the fun of politics and pints. Uh, Howard Gutman, look, I like Howard. I really do. I, I, I legitimately like Howard as a human being. I think he is three types of bat crap crazy, but I, I still sort of like him. And he's being very, very nice to Harry in D.C. He really is. In fact, I would say he's being far too nice to my, my oldest child. But all of that being said, Howard was in rare form. Um, and I, I thought he was, there was like an extra serving of Nutty last night. He was, I mean, normally he's crazy, but last night it was, damn, you are just flat out certifiable, dude. And uh, John Reed, as always, I would say, was uh, one of the voices of uh, great intellect, great calm. John spoke uh, about his dad. You know, I, I have to say this about Jack Reed. And that uh, was John's dad. I mean, you know, he still is John's dad, but he's passed away. Uh, I got to chat with him and shake hands with him at the Politics and Pints events. Right? I wasn't here when Jack Reed was a state delegate. And I, as John has told me through the years, man, you didn't see him at the height of his passion. But... I always treasured each and every one of those occasions that I had to chat with his dad. Honest to goodness, just uh, one of the, the, the smartest and funniest guys. And I mean funny with an edge. Make no mistake about it. And I, I just, I always enjoyed at our prior politics and pints events, sitting in and seeing Jack Reed uh, in one of those front seats. So, you know, he, he passed away last year, and uh, so we don't get to do that anymore. But we had a special guest last night, somebody I consider a friend, somebody I just think the world of. I've said this before, I love the Gov. Uh, former Virginia Governor Doug Wilder, who received, I don't even know how many standing ovations. Governor Wilder is, as I have said many times, a Virginia treasure. Governor Wilder doesn't have to prove anything to anybody, doesn't have to uh, apologize for anything. You know, he's, he's a man of great accomplishments and great service. And he believes in service. And let me tell you something. 
Doug Wilder, at 92 years of age, can mentally run circles around everyone. We had 500-plus people in that auditorium, and we had plenty of uh, uh, very high-level intellects. And Doug Wilder was smarter than all of them put together. I'm just telling you. Just a great, great guy. And uh, it was very touching. As uh, my friend John Reed told my friend Doug Wilder, you know, my dad was actually a uh, surrogate for Marshall Coleman as Marshall Coleman was running against Doug Wilder. And he said at the beginning of the term when Jack Reed was in the House of Delegates, he said, yeah, this Doug Wilder, I think he's a revolutionary. And he said four years later when Doug Wilder's term was over, he talked about how much he liked Doug Wilder and what a good guy he was. And I think that says a lot. I really do. I think Doug Wilder, unfortunately, unfortunately, represents the past for the Democrat Party that I once belonged to that I think has just turned its back collectively on so many of us. All of that being said, it was a great evening. Gary Hess, as always, did yeoman's work. Let me tell you, it is not easy wrangling three of us, let alone four of us. Uh, But he did it, and he did it with great style and great aplomb. I think he had two aplombs, actually. But he was good, and it was very nice to be there. I don't know when the next one is. I've had people reach out already. Jeff, we love this event. Uh, when is the next one? Can we get one that's uh, just a little bit closer, maybe Midlothian? Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I would like us, as as we've said from the beginning with Politics and Pints, we're trying to visit every single good part of our listening area. And we got a lot of good In fact, the whole doggone place is a good area. So it, it's sometimes tough to just narrow it down. But we are looking at the geography. You know, we've done a couple up here in uh, in Ashland. Uh, we've done one now down in Hopewell. We've done a couple in the West End. We did one downtown. Uh, I don't know where the next one should be. I, I personally, not that my vote counts for anything at any time about anything, but uh, my personal vote is for a Midlothian location. I think we've got so many fantastic listeners right in the Midloth- Midlothian area. Uh, that's where I would like to see us do our next one. Now, tomorrow is just crazy jam-packed with so many fantastic people dropping by. Governor Yunkin's going to be here. Lieutenant Governor Sears is going to be here. Congressman Bob Good is going to be here. Not sure if we got uh, Congressman Rob Whitman. We're trying to juggle a, a, a few plates to make sure he gets in here. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. It is simple as that. Quick reminder to you, please uh, reach out, send a text, 833-804-1140, 833 833- 804-1140. You can text me about anything and everything. Uh, let me tell you the first one. Uh, uh, it says, Jeff, every time a Republican governor issues an executive order, the news media always has that tone in their voice that it's a bad thing. Anytime a Democrat governor makes an executive order, the news media always has that tone in their voice that it's a good thing. Uh, you are absolutely correct. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I wish I could tell you that were not true. 
but I, I have a policy here. I don't lie to you. So you're absolutely correct. You found them out at their game. Uh, fact of the matter is, vast majority of these legacy news media folks are far left wingers. They have been, and uh, from the looks of it, they always will be. So you, you've got to go elsewhere. You do. You got to do your own research. You've got to read things from the original source. And believe me, we'll be talking with Governor Yunkin tomorrow about these two executive directives. These two things saying, hey, you know what? Parents matter. That's what the one today says. Your kid gets into trouble. Your kid has a a drug overdose at school. No offense to Governor Youngkin, who I love, but he shouldn't have to issue an executive directive. Every school division in this commonwealth should say, oh, my God. We have a child who who had an overdose of some sort, some sort of drug problem. We got to call their parents. Instead, as you know, we've got uh, so many school divisions staffed with so many people who are firmly convinced they know better how to raise your kid than you do. So my hat is off to uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin, who I know is working overtime to make Virginia the best place to live, work, and raise a family. It is 315 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 21 Jeff Katz News Radio WRVA. It is well, all right, it's Thursday, but it does feel so much better to say that it is Friday Eve, doesn't it? It really, really does. Uh, do you have an electric vehicle? Well, General Motors would like you to know that if you have one of their electric vehicles, you might very well have a defective battery. And to uh, help you find out if you have a defective battery, uh, as if being broken down on the side of the road is not a good piece of information that would say to you, hmm, I wonder if I have a defective battery. Uh, they apparently are offering 1400 bucks to people who are owners of a 2020, 2021, or 2022 Chevy Bolt. And that is to entice you to install a special diagnostic program in your car that will determine if the battery is defective. Now, the move is reportedly part of an anticipated class action settlement related to the battery problems that have plagued GM's all-electric cars. Wow. How about that? How about that? Look, I love the idea of hybrids. I really do. I just thought, it, it, it. what a great idea. You got the best of both worlds. But maybe it's just too good. And, of course, there is this push from the uh, the leftists who see electric vehicles as a great way to keep you close to home. Please make no mistake about it. That is a huge part of this. This is about saying to you, you cannot just jump in your car and drive to Boston or Miami. Can't do it in an electric vehicle. You just can't. They've got you, what, two, three hundred miles? That's it. And then you got to stop. How long do you have to stop? How many hours do you have to stop to charge that up? I had a buddy of mine last week. I'm not going to dime him out who he is, but he had his beautiful, fancy-schmancy electric vehicle, and he was parked. Why? Because he had 31 miles left on the battery, and he didn't know where the heck he could go to charge it. So what could he do? Nothing. Nothing. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. That's a a bad situation as far as I'm concerned. Yeah? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I've got great breaking news from uh, Midlothian, Emily's bracelets. I just got this. Emily Morrissey... And her mom, Kristen Morrissey, who's, uh, I guess Emily's like the president of Emily's Bracelets. I guess Kristen's probably the uh, the vice president and CEO. Uh, apparently, Emily now has another retail partner, a couple of stores down from the Olive Oil Tap Room. All right, Emily, way to go. Getting stuff back together. Have to, you know, send, send me the name. I'll be happy to uh, put it out there. That is one of the beautiful things we love about Central Virginia. I say we. Uh, this entire family just loves Central Virginia. And I, I love the fact that last night, 500 people showing up down in Hopewell to enjoy, to enjoy politics and pints. It was fantastic. If you were there, would you send me a text? Let me know what you thought of it. 833-804-1140. 833-804-1140. If you uh, were there last night, politics and pints, presented by Chronic Care of Richmond, I should point out, uh, at the uh, Beacon Theater in Hopewell, shoot me a text now, 833-804-1140, and I'll share that uh, with, uh, with the folks that, uh, that matter, you know, more people like you. Jeff says 757, you got plenty of listeners here in Williamsburg. What better place for politics and pints? Ooh, I, I, I like Williamsburg. That might, right near the outlets, right? All right, Harold Ford, independent candidate for Henrico County Sheriff, joins us next, 326, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. 335, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Thursday afternoon. We've got a lot going on. Obviously, we are uh, getting down to the wire in terms of the elections, right? we got a lot of very interesting races. We've got uh, races that oftentimes people don't pay attention to. Uh, I remind you that the uh, Commonwealth's attorneys in Chesterfield, 
Henrico, and Goochland. Uh, in my opinion, they all need to be replaced. Absolutely terrible, terrible job. Uh, then you look at Sheriff, right? I, I mean, you've got uh, up here in Hanover, Colonel David Hines has done such an amazing job with the Hanover County Sheriff's Office. Nobody's actually even running against him, so uh, that's an easy one. Uh, Chesterfield County Sheriff Carl Leonard is so world-renowned and, and, and uh, held in such high esteem by so many. Uh, he certainly deserves to be reelected. But Henrico County has got a weird situation. You know, Mike Ward was the uh, was the sheriff forever and ever and ever. And uh, then about four years ago, uh, he decided that uh, he would endorse a, uh, well, someone who, who said she was a Republican, that she's a Democrat. I don't know what she is now. I have no idea. But has not done a great job as the sheriff. So Harold Ford is a career law enforcement officer, former Richmond police officer, uh, who is an independent running for Henrico County Sheriff. And I'm happy to say that he's joining us. Uh, Harold, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about the uh, the situation in the Henrico County Sheriff's Office right now, including there have been a number of inmate deaths, right? That is absolutely correct. Um, you know, it it, it it saddens me to even hear of some of the things that was going on in the sheriff's office in Henrico. And I'm glad you brought up the deaths because uh, right now it's been reported as nine inmate deaths, which everybody's talking about Richmond. That number nine almost doubled the number of deaths in Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. So do we have any indication? Is it staffing? Is it training? I mean, what is it? Well, it's a combination of things. Um, a lack of training, uh, staffing, leadership, amongst others. Um, in the sheriff's office, the morale is extremely low. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, people talk about the, the $8.5 million. I've, I've had a lot of questions about that that was paid out in this recent settlement. But that's just the beginning. I mean, there's 18 other pending or filed lawsuits currently against the sheriff and the sheriff's office. Um, and I speak on one in particular, um, I, and I noticed people was talking about the COVID you know, how she got through COVID. Yeah. But in actuality, all the sheriff's office in the state of Virginia got through COVID with the help of the local government, the state government, and the federal government. The government took care of the deputies during that time. Um, which brings me to the point that after COVID, the state gave all the sheriff's offices in the state of Virginia bonuses for their deputies for that. Mm-hmm. And the current sheriff refused to take care of her deputies by providing the, the men and women with that bonus, which caused a lawsuit. Uh, yeah, and it, I, I want you to expound on that a little bit because I've heard about that. I don't know if everybody remembers that. Uh, the, the deputy sheriffs in the Commonwealth were, were in... I guess entitled to they they were being provided by by the Commonwealth with money, 
But did the Henrico County Sheriff just keep the money that was supposed to go to the deputies? Well, from my understanding, the money is still being held at the state because the sheriff's office would not give the money to the deputies, and it was mandatory that it was for the deputies, and that caused a lawsuit. So the state, the government, local government, federal government, and state government did their part of taking care of the deputies, but the sheriff's office is not doing their part taking care of the deputies and their families by not providing them with the money that's rightfully theirs, which causes a lawsuit. And what people don't understand, uh, lawsuits cost money. Yep. Not just the payout, but you got attorney fees, administrative fees, and that's all taxpayers' dollars. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's why I say, you know, that eight point five million is just the beginning. You add those other pending lawsuits or uh, current lawsuits, just the attorney fees and litigation alone is money. And then, if if it's a settlement made, or if the county sheriff's office lose, then that's tax more taxpayer dollars is coming out, right? And right. and a lot of these lawsuits could be avoided. I think a lot of it has to do with the leadership and the policy and procedures and the practice of the sheriff's office. Well, and, and that certainly goes a long way to explaining uh, such low morale among the deputies. Oh, of course, and yeah. and that's part of it. And part of the, and part of morale is, is staffing. Yeah. I mean, you, you got deputies that. Um, getting burnt out, and, and even one of the Board of Supervisors meet, um, spoke upon it in a, a candidate's form. Uh, they stated that it was a 110 or so vacancies, and my understanding was just 98. But even at 98 or even at 110, yep. uh, that's almost a third of your department uh, organization. Right. So yeah. to have the men and women constantly come in on their days off to work, yeah. Yeah. it puts a strain on on the uh, deputies, but yeah. not only is it unsafe for the deputies, it's unsafe for the inmates and the community at, at whole. So yeah. um, staffing is yeah. definitely an issue. It definitely causes low morale. Mm-hmm. And, and you have deputies, because they are burnt out, they start making mistakes, um, which could lead to lawsuits or injuries or complaints. Yep. Um, you know, the sheriff's office had over 100 complaints yep. of a, a excessive force. Yep. Um, yep. And, and with that shortage, you also have other incidents where recently a deputy got stabbed multiple times inside the jail by an inmate. Um, the drugs is out of control inside the sheriff's office. And, and I can say that to say, you know, because you got 86 plus times where they use Narcan inside mm-hmm. the facility and Narcan mm-hmm. is used to as a reversal for opiate overdose right. overdose. So right. I mean that speaks volume when one of the safest places should be the jail, you got a drug problem. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it, it it's very yep. clear. Yeah. If you are using Narcan eighty six times then absolutely you've got uh at least eighty six occasions where there's some sort of of a narcotic, some sort of an opioid. Uh, you've got a hundred uh, complaints of excessive force. I mean, it just goodness gracious, it it does not sound like a well run sheriff's office to me. It's not, and and don't get me wrong, the men and women that works there, they do an outstanding job. Yeah, um, they they lack in the support that they deserve. 
that they need. They they lack the trust and um, even transparency um, in the sheriff's office. So the the staff is is catching it all the way around. They have to deal with inmates um, in the sheriff's office. Then they have to deal with the leadership in the sheriff's office. And um, even in even with the inmates, you you add in the mental health and substance abuse mm-hmm. problem that's going on. That that's a lot on the deputies. Yeah. And I think the only way to fix that is to vote new leadership in that's willing to stand up and fight for the deputies, fight for the inmates, and most importantly, fight for the community. Yeah. Well, I, 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 listen, I agree with you. And I, I, I was uh, I was a little taken aback. I know the uh, the newspaper did. I think it's a hit piece this morning uh, about a, a matter from 2010, which everybody agreed. Uh, there was there just wasn't anything there, but uh, it's presented as uh, as an issue, and and so I'm glad that you were able to jump on and talk about what I would dare say most of the people in Henrico County would see as the real issues involving the Henrico County Sheriff's Office. And, and it's okay because you know my 23 plus years in law enforcement, you know you're going to get complaints and lawsuits filed against you, even if you are. Um, yeah. right and what you did is just people are upset. Yep. And, you know, when I was told about that incident that happened over a decade ago, I, I didn't get upset because you got plenty of officers that, that get sued. Um, I, I will say that in that incident, you know, I was cleared of all wrongdoing um, by the department not only uh, my supervisor, but an internal affairs investigation was done, and I was cleared as no wrongdoing. Yep. Um, the case never even made it inside of a courtroom um, after uh, we had our um, meeting. Uh, right. The case was, was dropped by yep. the plaintiffs, and then the judge dismissed it. So, yep. And that was in federal court. So, you know, to bring that up over a decade ago, you know, it's mud slinging, yeah. And 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 I I don't understand it, but I get it. Yeah. Um, what yeah. I refuse to do, I refuse to sling mud. I refuse to talk bad. You know, I only state the facts, and anything that's presented to me, I do research before I even speak about it. Yeah. Um, but what's more importantly is what's happening now. Yep. Right now. Yep. In Henrico, you got millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of lawsuits that have settled and or filed. Mm-hmm. And you have low morale. You have staff shortages. You got deputies getting assaulted. And the list goes on and on. There's no transparency. So that should be the focus yeah. now. Yeah. I you know, you. Even, even now, individuals are removing, stealing, and vandalizing vandalizing my signs, mm. you know, and that's, it, it saddens me because my supporters pay for those signs. It didn't come out of my pocket. My that's supporters right. pay for that, that's right. those signs, you know, and it saddens me that their hard arm running is, is getting destroyed and stolen. And I told everybody on my team, if I find out you even talking about taking an individual sign, whether they're a Democrat, whether they're a Republican, mm. whether they're my opposition, Yep. Then you gone, and I'm gonna tell that individual candidate what you did or what you was talking about doing because 
in my campaign is no place for negativity, yeah. no place for uh, breaking the law or being illegal. You know, I want to be transparent. I want to be honest. And a lot of people telling me, you know, I'm trying to be too good, but I, it's just not in my character to um, do those type of things and to be negative. You know, well, so. you know, Harold, you're a, you're a career cop. I mean, you're and you're you, you've maintained 23 years of uh, distinguished service and now bringing, I think, a very, uh, very honorable and positive uh, message to that race for uh, Henrico County Sheriff. Listen, we're we're way over time, Harold. And I apologize, but for folks who are in Henrico, they're thinking, hey, I'd, I'd like to learn more about this guy. What's the best way for them to do that? The best way for them to get information about me is to visit my website, and that website is www.fordforsheriff.com, and that's Ford, the number four, sheriff.com. Okay. Um, you can see my bio. You can see my pledge, my values, uh, what I want to do with mental health, Yep. Um, and, I, and, I, and if I can, I want to say one more thing. You know, I met with former sheriff, uh, retired sheriff Mike Wade, and he was saddened about the, the the programs that he installed that got national attention, how they are, you know, losing when it comes to that those programs. They are definitely um, deteriorating, and it yep. saddens him yep. um, about that. He offered to, you know, if, elect, if I'm elected sheriff, he offered to come back and help me rebuild those programs and i greatly accept his offer that is fantastic harold i appreciate you being here man i wish you the best of luck that is harold ford independent uh running for sheriff over in henrico county and you heard he said the former sheriff says look i'm disappointed in what's happened to those programs and if you're elected harold uh i promise i'll come back and help you get them back on track i love to hear that jeff katz news radio wrba Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is Friday Eve. Yeah, I like the sound of that much better than Thursday. You know what's funny? Is that there's not a single solitary person in the world that gives a crap about any of these Trump trials except uh, the, the news operations and Howard Gutman. That was one of the things that came through last night. How, poor Howard has such a case of a Trump derangement syndrome. I mean, I, I like Howard. I like him a lot. But he's just bat crap freaking crazy. And he's obsessed. He's obsessed with Trump. Oh, my God. And these stupid uh, ABC News updates. Well, you know, the son of Donald Trump. Who gives a crap? You know what I know? And I know, sure, as I'm sitting here, when Donald Trump was president, I was safer I had more money in my pocket, and my boys were able to think about a viable future. That's what I know. Well, you know, his son said this. Who cares? God, what a, a colossal waste of time. It's ridiculous. Uh, good afternoon, Jeff. Comes a, a lovely text, 833-804-1140, 833-804-1140. Good afternoon, Jeff. I had a heated discussion with a dear friend over the situation in Israel. She specifically was trying to defi- defend the protests that are occurring around the world and right here in the United States. I asked her to take out the word Israeli or Jew and replace it with any of the other groups of people that we have been talking about for the last several years and see if you could get away with it for even five minutes. 
Never mind for weeks on end. For the first time in my life, I'm embarrassed to be an American. And the fact that my government would allow such vile behavior. Well, I, I don't have problems with people protesting. Or, or saying things with which I disagree, I will tell you. I will passionately defend your right to speak freely, even as you disagree with me. That's okay. What I find absolutely positively inexcusable are the series of attacks on Jews. I find it absolutely unbelievable that this moron in the Oval Office, this shuffling fool, is apprised of the situation, says Jewish students on college campuses are being attacked, physically being attacked. Their lives are being threatened. So what does this nitwit do? He appoints our not-ready-for-prime-time vice president to oversee a commission to address... Islamophobia, which is imaginary, by the way. It's, it's, a, it's a term coined uh, over the last 20 years by specific uh, activists. But that's okay. Whatever. Can you imagine that? Yeah, we're going to, we, we understand Jews are getting attacked, so we're going to have a special meeting here at the White House for all of our Muslim employees. What? What kind of stupid are you? I mean, there really does come a point where you say, you're just not getting it. Two plus two equals four. Well, uh, what kind of uh, bologna do we have for lunch? What? Are you even with us in the same conversation? The same discussion? And the problem with parts of this, problem with parts of this, is that we have people in the Jewish community who have said, oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll just stay inside. We won't go anywhere. We, we don't want to provoke people. We, you know, really? This is America. Why the hell should you be forced to sit on your couch when you would like to go out somewhere, but you, you're living in fear that somebody might attack you because you're Jewish? Well, we'll just stay inside. We don't want we don't want to provoke them. Baloney. I've said it before and I will say it again. More JDL and less ADL. More people who are willing to stand up and fight for themselves, more people who are willing to stand up and fight for others. Enough of this, well, you know, we just, uh, we'll just hide over here. We don't offend anybody. If you've made the decision that you hate me because I'm a Jew, well, that's on you. I'll tell you right now, I don't really care. If you have made the decision that you hate me because I am Jewish, well, I think you're an idiot, but that's okay. You go right on hating me. I don't care. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But if you walk up to me and you're going to punch me in my nose because you hate Jews, well, I got news for you, pal. That's not going to end well for you. Simple as that. And I learned that as a kid. 12, 13 years old. 
I'm not going to bore you with the story again because I've told it too many times, but I learned how to fight. And the discussions that took place in my home with my dad and my mom and myself are similar to some of the conversations that are going on right now in Jewish homes around the world. So many Jewish moms. God bless them. I loved my Jewish mom. I loved my second Jewish mom, my surrogate Jewish mom, Jan McTurnan. One of the finest human beings I have ever known. But unfortunately, the mindset of so many of the Jewish mamas is, oh, let's just stay in, close the doors, pull the shades, close those curtains. We don't, we, we, don't, we don't want to provoke anybody or offend anybody. Right? My mom was like, nah, we shouldn't do this or that. My father, on the other hand, was like, well, yeah, you better go learn how to fight. And I can remember coming home from those sessions held in the, uh, the basement of the synagogue about two blocks from my house, learning to fight from members of the JDL, the Jewish Defense League. And coming home and my dad saying, well, what'd you learn? How'd it go? Well, you know, try and explain it, what have you. Oh, good. And I can remember my dad repeatedly throwing a pair of boxing gloves at me going, hey, let's go down the cellar. Because my dad was a... Uh, was on the uh, the army boxing team in Korea. Well, he was pretty good. So I'm just telling you right now, if you think that attacks on Jews are okay, then there's a problem. But the bigger problem, as far as I'm concerned, are those Jews who are saying, oh, we're not going to, it would be awful if we fought back. No. Because I'm not going to an oven. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's not going to happen. And you're not going to snatch my kids or my wife. It's not going to happen. Anyway, uh, a couple of other notes here I should share with you. Hey, Jeff, my wife Deb and I were there last night. We had a blast, and it was just great to meet you in person. We also met John and Howard and had a very nice chat with Gary. Thank you for what you're doing. Your listeners are some serious folks. We love you, Jeff. That's Jim from Mechanicsville. Jim is such a delight. Do you know what Jim does? He is a luthier. Well, you'll have to look that up. No, it means he's he's making stringed instruments, and he does apparently beautiful, beautiful work right in Mechanicsville. His wife was an absolute delight as well. Uh, Jeff, first time I ever went to Politics and Pints. I will definitely be back. Poor Howard doesn't stand a chance. I wish they would have let him talk, though. Mm, I'm here to tell you, you didn't miss all that much. Jeff, I was also at Politics and Pints last night. Jeff, you said that Erin Barr is an independent, but now I, I've been told she's a Democrat. What's going on? She's an independent. That's, uh, that, that's the fact. She is an independent. Um, let me see. Let me see. Jeff, I was there last night at Politics and Pints. First time ever at the Beacon Theater. Wow. Wow. Nice. Uh, Jeff, I met you by chance at the Olive Oil Tap Room a few years ago, and I was at Politics and Pints last night. Congrats on the weight loss. My friends and I had a great time. Keep up the great work, Bonnie. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, I was both awestruck and humbled by Governor Wilder, his demeanor, his intelligence, and his wit. Yeah. 
Nice. Uh, let me see. Oh, uh, I suggest Gary stop all discussion until the rowdies quiet down. Yeah, I, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that uh, that is going to uh, actually, actually happen. Uh, Howard had a hard time defending his positions last night, and the folks hollering from the back didn't help. All right. Is what it is. We had a good time, though. And uh, I, I know when we do the next one, it'll be a good time. And so, what did I tell you? And I've told you this for years now. You want to make sure you get your tickets. Once again, it was a sellout. And the Beacon Theater's got 500 seats. They're all sold out. Um, you don't want to wait. That That's the lesson going forward. I'm not trying to sell tickets now because I don't even know when the next one is or where it's going to be or anything else. But I can tell you... That politics and pints, every single time we've done it for five years, has been a sellout. That being said, the next time we do one of these, when when I mention it, when John Reed mentions it in the morning, jump online and get those tickets, boy, because there, there there comes a point where people go, oh, I want to go. I like, Can't help you. No tickets. No tickets to be had. Four fifteen. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. <laughs> 21 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. What is it that Chesterfield is saying about voting? Or it may take longer to count the votes. Isn't that the sort of garbage we hear from Fairfax and Prince William every Oh, uh, uh, we've had a slight delay. We don't know how many votes we're going to need. Come on. Oh, God, I hope there are people at every voting precinct in Chesterfield. You know, we've heard we we've heard complaints about it. You know that leading into this election. State Senator Amanda Chase was all over that for a while, right? Didn't like the way the uh early voting was going. I don't know, maybe I, I don't know what's going on. I just I, I hate to hear a story like that. And and it does make me wonder what exactly what exactly is going on. Please don't tell me that you're cooking books. Please. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Please don't tell me that there's some sort of fix in some way or the other. God, I hope not. Uh, it's interesting for me to see the the lunatics on the left, and Lord knows there's a lot of them, who are trying to figure out exactly what's going on right now. Donald Trump was president for four years, as you know. And how many wars were we involved in? Oh, that's right, none. Our uh, presidential meat puppet is in office. We've got a war in the Middle East. We've got uh, Russia and Ukraine. We've gone from being an exporter of oil to a beggar nation asking bad nations like, you know, Venezuela to let us purchase their oil at inflated prices. What the heck's going on here? Oh, 
And you know what else they're outraged about, including Howard Guppin last night? Oh, my God, I thought he was going to wet his pants. He was crazy on this. Well, uh, the, the new Speaker of the House is Mike Rogers. He's, 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 he's a Christian. Right. Take a listen to cut number one. Now, one of the things that Mike Johnson has said is that um, if you want to know his worldview, like how he feels about issues specifically, you should go pick up a Bible. I pick up Bibles all the time. I, I'm a big fan. It's, yeah. it's a very good book. And <laughs> what, 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 what do you make of the Bible as a legislative uh, tool? The Bible is what... The Bible is something that, you know, for me, I use it as a guide for my life. I'm a Christian, right? I, the Bible shows me how to live my life. But I think this country was founded on the idea that a representative represents not just people that share his faith or her faith, but people that you represent, 700,000 people that I represented, they all don't believe the same thing I do. I'm not any more of a congressman for a certain set of people than I am for others. And that's what this country was founded on, is the idea that we're going to protect church's existence, but we're not going to be a government based on the church. That's what the Taliban try to have in Afghanistan, is a government that's based simply on a religious focus. We can be people that are spiritual people in government, but recognize that doesn't include anybody else that's atheist, Jewish, Muslim, Muslim or anything else in this country. This is a free country. Yeah, except Mike Rogers never said, well, it's just a country for Christians. I only represent Christians. He said that he takes his guidance from the Bible. Well, I got news for you. I try and take my guidance from the Bible. I try and read every day. And by the way, I fail on that. God, do I fail on that. You know, I did this whole, uh, I'm going to get through the Bible in a year, and I'm so many months behind on the actual reading, reading. And then there's this uh, Tara Lee Cobble who does the uh, the Bible Daily Update or something. Every day, it's like 10, 12 minutes. She does a great job. Uh, but all of that being said, how is it bad for him to say, well, yeah, I, I, I read the Bible. I get inspiration from that. I get guidance from that. Sorry, kids, we could all use a good dose of morality. And you know what? what is also lacking uh, is, is real faith in this country. So I'm on board with Mike Rogers. 427, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Four thirty-six, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Thursday, or as we like to call it, Friday Eve. Sounds and feels so much better. Oh my gosh, it sounds so much better. Uh, my buddy Dr. Keith Ablo is going to be along at five thirty-five tomorrow. We got all sorts of stuff, and uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin is going to be here. Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears is going to be here. We got a couple of congressmen going to join us. That's great. Oh, my gosh. It's a, it is a full, full lineup. Oh, and snuck right there in the middle is my brother from another mother, Stan Andruski from a Certified Auto Repair, 8401 Oakview Avenue in the Lakeside section of Henrico. Uh, but he's also, of course, the host of In the Garage. Yeah, every Saturday morning at 8. So, here in Hanover County, here in Hanover County, we have uh, part of our election is about the school board and we're trying to figure out should we change from what we have which is an appointed school board it's appointed by the members of the board of supervisors and it's actually it's always struck me as a pretty thorough process or do we want to go to an elected school board now i personally say 
uh, no to the elected school board for many reasons. Uh, Craig DeSessa is somebody that uh, follows this like nobody's business. You know, uh, Middle Resolution uh, is is the group that uh, that he's the leader of, right? I mean, Craig, you're, I don't know what your official title is, but the, the Middle Resolution is something that you have put together, worked on all about these educational issues. So, I'm, number one, I'm happy to have you here. And, and number two, I'm interested to hear what you've got to say about appointed versus elected school boards. Well, hey, Jeff, thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, I am the I'm, I'm officially called the president of the Middle Resolution. Okay. For future reference, but um, uh, first, before we get into this, I really want to just tell you that my family and I are praying for you and 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 the folks in Israel. Um, we just wanted to let you know we're, we're thinking about you guys and and some of the challenges that you guys face. So just wanted to make sure you're aware of that. Thank you. So um, so on. On elected versus appointed, so the Mill Resolution PAC actually gets involved in school board races. We have for the last couple of years. Um, we've interviewed over 80 candidates. We've been involved. Uh, we are involved in over 40 races this year. So we're very, very familiar with political school boards. Uh, we call them political because they're political. Yep. They, they campaigns and all that kind of stuff. However, we're not in favor of political school boards. We're very much in favor of, of appointed school boards. Um, and uh, what I wanted to address first is our opponents on this issue in Hanover. I live in Hanover, so I'm very familiar with it. They, their only argument is that they say you can get greater transparency and greater accountability. Um, so I have a couple of questions for our opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loudoun County just literally read a report 10 minutes before you, you called me for this interview. Yep. And uh, it took the Loudoun County schools to report took 20 days more than 20 days to report nine over drug overdoses at, at one of their schools uh parents are upset that there's these drugs in these schools the kids are overdosing and they didn't know about it for almost three weeks uh where's the transparency there where's the accountability think about Loudon two two years ago when they had a 15 year old boy assault uh two different girls they swept it under the rug is there accountability and transparency there Fairfax County is another perfect example. They decided not to tell students at Thomas Jefferson High School that they won the National Merit Scholarship because they felt like, oh, this is going to make other people feel bad. Where was the transparency there? The bottom line is transparency comes, depends on the moral character of the individual who's on the school board. It doesn't matter if they're elected or if they're appointed. It has to do with the character. Do they have the courage to stand up and do what is right? So the argument that you get more transparency with elected school board is just false. The same with accountability. The folks in Loudoun County, several of them are still running for the school board, and they were the ones who who decided not to reveal the information about the 15-year-old boy that was assaulting girls. So this argument that there's transparency and accountability, more of it with a a a political school board over a point school board, is just wrong. Um, And we we see it all over the place. So, uh, there's a, so many things I can tell you about what's going on, but in Hanover County, we have one of the best school districts in the state of Virginia. Yeah. We yeah. are by far the best school district in the region. We far exceed Henrico, Chesterfield, and Richmond in about every metric you can think of. Um, when you think about um, student proficiency, all uh, with all students, we 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 uh, exceed the rest of the counties. Mm-hmm. With economically disadvantaged children, we exceed all of those counties. Uh, with graduation rates, rate of advanced degrees, chronic absenteeism, 
we are better than all of those counties. And that is a result of the fact that we have an appointed school board. They are more focused on um, delivering a good education than they are worried about their own, um, their own elections every four years. Yeah. Um, Hanover has, doesn't really have a teacher shortage. I think the last time I read, we were one teacher short. Mm-hmm. And Rica, Richmond, literally hundreds of teachers short. All right. We're focused here in Hanover and making sure we have qualified, uh, uh, qualified teachers. Um, And, you know, I mentioned that we get involved in campaigns and and, um, school board elections. Um, One of the problems or challenges that these candidates have when they run for school board is they have to start. uh, They have to start campaigning in April and May if they want to win. We start interviewing candidates back in April when we get involved in a school board race. That means they have to start funding, uh, raising money. They have to start knocking doors. They have to get signatures. And most of these candidates, they, um, they have families. They have jobs, right? So where is their priorities? Well, their priority one is hopefully their family and their job. Third is going to be running their campaign. Way down on the list is going to be, oh, by the way, I'm on a school board, and I've got to pay attention to, the, um, to what's going on in the schools. So if you have, uh, if you have to run a, a campaign, it's, it's highly demanding if you want to win. So we believe it's much better for, the, for, our, for school board candidates to be appointed. Let me give you another great reason. Right now in Hanover, in Virginia, we have over 600 school board races. Mm-hmm. You know a third of those school board candidates don't have a challenger. So a third of the people in, in Virginia will not, be a, will not have a choice when it comes to a school board candidate. In Hanover, when we have a vacancy on the school board, what happens is people step up, they put their name forward, and they say, hey, I'd like to be on the school board. Uh, the last time I think we had an opening, there was three people that stepped up. The previous time was five. And if I recall correctly, the time before that, there were seven people mm-hmm. that said, hey, I'd like to be on the school board. And then what the, what the Board of Supervisors do is they get a chance to interview all of these candidates the supervisor that correlates directly with that school board member or candidate in the same district, they're the ones that get to make the decision on who that candidate will be, but they first go to the board of supervisors, all of the supervisors, and they all have a conversation around this. And it, you know, it is the, the supervisor's decision, but there's a lot that goes into those interviews and to making sure you've got a good quality candidate. So the idea that, you know, that um, you get better quality candidates if they're elected is just it's just not true. And that's been our experience. It is uh, it is telling that we in Hanover have such high SOL scores, as you point out, Craig, we, we don't have problems with uh, with teachers. Uh, vacancies we we have without question uh, a, a stellar school system that that educates children that serves them well the the members of the school board as you point out all answerable to the board of supervisors this is not some some super secret process to appoint a school board member you know that's that's the that, and that's the way it's being portrayed by some who are on the yes side of this and a lot of that funding is coming from out of state teachers unions as i understand it yeah there's uh you know that i they wouldn't let me on their face they wouldn't let me comment on their facebook page but i've been following it and there's these claims that that, that the effort to uh have an elected school board is nonpartisan mm-hmm. and i will tell you it's anything but 
Um, there's an organization right now that's running Facebook ads trying to support their effort. And this organization is called We the People for Education. Right. And they, they, if you go to their website, they look very sort of non-political and so forth. But let me tell you about this organization. On their board of directors, you have uh, Governor North's wife. You have Senator Kane's wife. You have the president of the Virginia Education Association, which is our mm-hmm. education union here. Yep. He is very far left. And then you also have a member of the SCIU, or a former member of senior leader of the SEIU, which is this service employees union, which is a huge union here in this country and with a lot of money. So you mentioned the unions. I mean, they would love to see us elected because then they would come in here and they would pour money in here and they would try to, you know, try to turn Hanover School Board into a more, much more liberal progressive school board. Um, there's a reason we have really good schools, and that is because we have remained a very conservative, traditional uh, community, county mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are one of the best counties in the country to live in. That's often been stated by different organizations. That's right. So That's we need to keep it. We need to keep it appointed. I encourage people to vote no on the referendum. Yep, I, I'm with you. Hey, Craig, I gotta uh, I gotta move on, but I I want you to give out the uh, the website for uh, the middle resolution and, and let people go over there and and take a look and learn a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, that'd be great. It's www.middleresolution.org. You can see all the candidates that we've endorsed over the last couple of months and learn more about what we're doing. I really well, appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you oh, so much for your thank time. Thank you, Craig. Oh, good, good guy. I hope you're enjoying your Tacovas. That's uh, Craig DeSessa. He is the uh, president of the Middle Resolution. He's a Hanoverian, as I am. Uh, and like me, says, let's leave our school board alone. Let's let's continue with the appointed school board. It has served us so well. Uh, Hanover County Public Schools are, are some of the best in the nation. Uh, we're always at the top in terms of SOL scores in Central Virginia. So it ain't broke, kids. Let's not try and fix it. 446, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Fifty-one, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA, Thursday afternoon. Coming up at 535, Dr. Keith Ablo is going to be with us tomorrow afternoon. Governor Glenn Youngkin is going to be dropping by. Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears is going to be dropping by. Congressman Bob Good is dropping by. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a good Friday, don't you think? I think so. Yes, it's Mike Johnson. Who is this guy on the radio who keeps saying Mike Rogers? Oh, it's me. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Speaker of the House is Mike Johnson. I'm sorry. Wasn't Mike Rogers a candidate in one of the rounds? I'll bet you he was. I like Mike Johnson, though, even though I can't remember the guy's name. Maybe that's good. No, seriously, think about it this way. You could never forget Kevin McCarthy's name because you thought, oh, Kevin McCarthy. Mike Johnson is kind of getting stuff done. And and not really causing a lot of flames, you know. I'm sure behind the scenes he's putting out a bunch of fires, but uh, I, I I don't know. I I think he's a good guy, and I'm not the least bit upset that he said he looks to the Bible for guidance. He never once said, by the way, that the United States of America should be a theocracy. And those leftists who are pushing that idea are just full of crap. Gutman last night was trying to push that idea, and he's full of crap. That's that's not what Mike Johnson is doing. 
Now we got folks weighing in on the uh, the Chesterfield Commonwealth's attorneys race. Uh, got a note here from an old buddy. Oh, you know, uh, Aaron Barr is being supported by Democrats. That's true. That's true. Not officially supported. She's not a Democrat nominee. She's an independent. She used to be a Democrat. There are a lot of us that used to be Democrats. I used to be a Democrat. Ronald Reagan used to be a Democrat. And uh, given what uh, what I've seen with that Commonwealth's Attorney's Office in the last four years, uh, I can't imagine anybody in Chesterfield voting for the incumbent. I just can't. I, I don't know why you would. I don't know why. There, there needs to be a cleaning of the CA's offices in three of our Central Virginia counties. I'm not even including the city of Richmond. It's a four, you know, it, it's just a disaster. So I'm not going to. But Chesterfield County? Henrico County and Goochland County. And there's an odd connection, it seems, between the three incumbent Commonwealth attorneys. Between Chesterfield and Henrico and, and Goochland. Some similarities that I, 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 I'm not really crazy about. This idea that law enforcement in each county, the Actual cops on the street have said you should not vote for the incumbent. In Chesterfield County, the Chesterfield County Fraternal Order of Police represents Chesterfield County police officers and Chesterfield County deputy sheriffs. And the incumbent, Stacey Davenport, is actually a member of that lodge. They voted not to endorse her. That's how bad they think she is, and they voted to endorse Aaron Barr. Henrico County, Shannon Taylor, uber left-wing pseudo-prosecutor, really running for attorney general. The Henrico County police officers, via the Fraternal Order of Police, voted to endorse her opponent, Shannon Dillon. And out in Goochland... Mike Caudill, the uh, the incumbent Commonwealth's attorney, said, oh, I just don't get along with the sheriff. Well, that was the last sheriff. And he doesn't get along with the current sheriff. And the clerk of courts, he doesn't get along with. And in the meantime, Goochland County deputy sheriffs are standing up and supporting John Lumpkins and saying, please don't reelect Caudill. You don't know how dangerous the county is getting. So you know what? I listen to the cops. Simple as that. When it comes to prosecutors, I listen to the cops. They work with them day in and day out. And they know who is concerned with criminals and who's concerned with fighting crime. And in each case, Goochland, Henrico, and Chesterfield, the cops say you got to kick the incumbent out and elect a new CA. 457, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA, Thursday evening, or Friday Eve. Friday Eve, yeah, yeah. I wonder when you get that started. Like, people will come up to me now. Jeff, I appreciate, appreciate you watching MSNBC so that I don't have to. Absolutely, happy to help. Happy to help. 
Oh, nice, uh, nice text here. 833-804-1140. 833-804-1140. Great to hear eight news weather now instead of NBC 12. Okay, cool. I am a, uh, a longtime fan, as you know, of the team over at 8 News. I think that uh, Shane Moreland, who's the news director over there, happens to be a friend, longtime friend as well. I'll put that out there as full disclosure. But uh, I think he's just done such an amazing job and, ama- and put together such an incredibly talented team in his newsroom. Um, I- I'm hoping we hear more, you know. They should uh, just take care of news. I would love that. Absolutely love that. And they're taking care of weather, which is great. Uh, We had Matt DiNardo with us the other day, who's just one of the best people in Central Virginia. You know what, Jerm? We we, we ought to get John Bernier on as well. Let him uh, really, really, really super introduce himself to everybody who's listening. John Bernier is their uh, chief meteorologist over there. And he's got got a New England connection. So that's uh, that's a nice little uh, touch point. And they do a great job. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm thrilled that we now have uh, 8 News, a real official partnership with uh, ABC 8 over there. Uh, great job. Yeah, I mean, you've heard their reporters and anchors with me for, for a long time just because I know them and I like them. And uh, now it's it's like officially official, which is, uh, which is a very, very good thing. Coming up at uh, 535, Dr. Keith Ablo is joining us. Uh, it's that Thursday. You know, it's not last Thursday, and it's not next Thursday. It's this Thursday, which is his Thursday in the rotation of Thursdays. Uh, I've got to ask Dr. Keith about, well, some things I asked him about privately. And now I've got to do it publicly. Uh, I, I want to find out what some of these hospitals mean uh, when they say things like, oh, we're, we're doing, quote, gender-affirming treatments. What is that? Well, we're referring people and dispensing medication. And like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because I'm concerned about that. I really am. I I look at kids who are being told, oh, yeah, you you can make life-altering decisions right now at the age of 12. You can chop off perfectly good body parts. That's okay. Uh, But, no, you can't decide if you should uh, uh, take an aspirin. And we're not going to let you drive. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't make any sense. You can't get tattooed, right? You couldn't go and get a tattoo. Don't you have to be 18 years of age? I think, you know, we in Virginia have very, very strict rules and laws on the tattoo industry. I didn't know that. And given that Central Virginia is the most heavily inked per capita area in the nation... Uh, we actually have some amazing laws regarding it and training and education and sanitary standards. I told you, I began listening to this uh, podcast. I forget what it is, Tattoo Gate or something like that. I think it's Tattoo Gate. I'm going to have to look it up. And uh, it's just fascinating. There's, there's a woman who owns a big shop downtown. And let me see, let me see. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll get her name for you. I'll get her name. And uh, it's just fascinating. So she was talking a little bit about the about the laws that regulate the tattoo industry. Okay. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, Loudoun County school students, God bless them. They walked out of school. We were just talking with Craig DeSessa from the Middle Resolution, talking about the uh, the importance, the value, quite frankly, here in Hanover of keeping an elected school board right except we don't have an elected school board 
We have an appointed school board, which is answerable to everybody via the Board of Supervisors. And because they're answerable to everybody via the Board of Supervisors, they don't have to campaign for office. They don't have to raise funds. They don't have to knock doors. They can actually focus on good quality education, which is what our Hanover County Board of Ed delivers. It's what Hanover County Public Schools deliver to the students. I know. Two kids that, that uh, attended Patrick Henry High School. Absolutely love the, the, the folks at Patrick Henry High School. I'm telling you, some of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. Loudoun County, however, has an elected school board. And they have a far left-wing wackadoodle majority on that school board. This is the school division, you'll recall, that had a 14-year-old boy attack sexually assault rape you know that both terms were kicked around i don't know which one uh was the final decision but you know what happened and what did the loudon county schools do did they punish the boy nope they just moved him to another school guess what he did there shock of shocks did the same thing to another girl oh did i mention he was wearing a skirt why? Well, because it gave him access to the girls' bathroom and the girls' locker rooms. Now, the funny thing is, that kid's mother said, Oh, my son's not transgender. Well, doesn't that call into question then all of this transgender, identify this way, non-binary girl today, boy tomorrow, antelope on Thursdays, I don't know, whatever whatever you're into. Well, you know, I, I really like, I like guacamole. Could I be a bowl of guacamole? Sure, why not? How are you going to handle the whole dipping thing? Eh, haven't really worked out all the details. You know, I'm not a detail guy. I'm a big picture guy. But a group of students at Woodgrove High School walked out of school to protest this policy 8040 that allows anybody to walk in anywhere. Oh, you're a guy. You're a 16-year-old boy. Do you know what 16-year-old boys want to do? They want to look at 16-year-old girls, and even better if they're not clothed. Sorry, don't know how to break it to you. Those are the facts, Jack. I know, because I was a 16-year-old boy. What do 16-year-old girls want to do? I don't know. I was never a 16-year-old girl. But from what I've heard... So this is why we have locker rooms and bathrooms according to your equipment. That's all. I want everybody to feel comfortable. I want everybody to feel safe. In fact, safe trumps comfortable. The policy in Loudoun County is called, quote, rights of transgender and gender expansive students. The hell does that mean? How do you expand your gender? And I know we've got a whole slew of uh, bad jokes that are working their way through the system right now. But seriously, how do you expand your gender? Well, they're exploring it. What do you have to explore? Well, I don't know if I am a male or a female. Well, then you need some help. That's all. But the time to get help is not while while you are gallivanting through the opposite gender's locker room naked. Sorry, just isn't. It doesn't mean I hate you. Please, don't give me that nonsense. 
Don't give me the idea that, well, we, we, we hate people because you don't agree with this. No. To hate you, I would really have to expend a lot of energy. And as most people know me, I usually identify as a sloth. I'm happy on the couch. I don't hate you because it, it just requires too much work. I want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be safe. But that applies to everybody. And just because you have decided, oh, I'm really this as opposed to that, the rest of us don't have to go along with your fantasy. School staff in Loudoun County are required, and I'm going to quote here, I'm just going to read it to you, to allow gender expansive or transgender students to use their chosen name and gender program, uh, pronouns that reflect their asserted gender identity without any substantiating evidence. Regardless of the name and gender recorded in the student's permanent educational record. Inadvertent slips in the use of names or pronouns may occur. However, staff or students who intentionally and persistently refuse to respect a student's gender identity by using the wrong name and gender pronoun are in violation of this policy. We had a magical word last night at Politics and Pints, presented by Chronic Care of Richmond at the historic Beacon Theater in Hopewell. You know what it was? Balderdash! That's exactly what I would say to this. These teens who protested held signs that said things like restore girls only and boys only locker rooms, showers, and bathrooms. Overturn policy 8040. Students then stood together, sang the national anthem. Boy, I hope they're successful. I don't know. It's kind of crazy up there. All the more reason that we in Hanover need to keep the school board exactly the way it is appointed and answerable to the Board of Supervisors. I love it. 515, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 522, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Dr. Keith Amblo is going to be with us at uh, 535. Looking forward to uh, chatting with him uh, about a number of things, but I really do need to uh, somehow get a handle uh, on what is happening in hospitals with children. And uh, I know it's nice to call it, quote, gender-affirming. That, that's that's this, this, this new colloquial term that's used. But, man, it just uh, it doesn't seem to jive with what's going on, does it? I mentioned Mike Johnson, who's not Mike Rogers, by the way. Mike Johnson, who is the Speaker of the House. Uh, last night, Gutman was in a tizzy. Uh, completely, totally over. You know, Mike Johnson says it's a Christian country and only Christians can live here. It's like, it's not what he said. It's not even close to what the man said. But not to worry. Uh, that has become the uh, the crisis du jour uh, with many in the uh, legacy news media ranks. Cut number four, please. Republicans unanimously voted in Mike Johnson. An extreme far-right religious ideologue from Louisiana. This guy's a Christian nationalist. He's a Christian nationalist. When you're this much of a religious fanatic, there is no room for real democracy. He is a very loyal soldier to the far-right movement. A low-ranking far-right Republican. Johnson, a hard-right conservative. A hard-right conservative. A hard-line conservative. Far-right 
far Christian right. Far right extreme. Extreme. Far right. Far right. Far, far right. right. Much further to the right. And the reason this guy is speaker is none of us had the time to read his resume and realize he's David Duke light. MAGA Mike Johnson, there's a reason why they call him that. The MAGA faction, the anti-democracy faction, the far right, won. Does this signal that he and his extreme views represent the Republican Party. Mike Johnson has an affable personality, okay? These are the most dangerous types. Hardline conservative, but palatable. He will say the craziest things with just the most mild-mannered, milquetoast tone. He had, you know, this Ned Flanders vibe. Jim Jordan with a jacket and a smile. Jim Jordan with a jacket and a smile. It was very clear that he was, despite that Ned Flanders vibe, uh, a fire-breathing conservative. Johnson is more dangerous than Donald Trump because Johnson actually wants to make America into a Christian theocracy. Oh, he does not! I'm sorry, I just thought, yep, yep, there we go. Just had to share it with you. That's not what he's trying to do. It's not even close to what he's trying to do. And yes, many of those clips that we assembled into a uh, delightful, tasty montage. Doesn't montage sound like it's a dessert thing? Well, anyway, uh, they came from MSNBC. And you know the deal. I watch MSNBC so that you don't have to. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. David Duke Light. Huh. Now, I would think with the uh, the vicious Jew hatred that we get from Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ilhan Omar, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, wouldn't they be closer to David Duke? I would think so. I really would. I would, I would think they would be much closer to David Duke. With this nitwit in the Oval Office, our presidential meat puppet, who says, oh, we're going to give $6 billion to Iran. Oh, we're going to send $100 million to, quote, Gaza. Well, Gaza is Hamas, and Hamas is Gaza. You can't separate the two. Oh, no, no, we're not, none of the money's going to get to the uh, terrorists. The terrorists operate. No, no, we got a we got a plan in place. Even that doofus Anthony Blinken acknowledged today. Well, uh, some of the money might make its way to Hamas. Okay, well, that's that's it's a hell of a lot closer to David Duke than the Speaker of the House, because Hamas wants to eliminate every one of us who's a Jew. Same thing David Duke wanted to do. You you tell me what is and is not familiar. Hey, Dr. Keith Ablo is going to join us at uh, 535. It's 527, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 535, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Thursday. But I'm telling you, saying that it's Friday Eve just it puts a little uh, pep in my step. I feel just slightly better about that. Tomorrow is just going to be an incredible day. Not that today isn't, but tomorrow, Governor Glenn Youngkin is dropping by. Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears is dropping by. Congressman Bob Good is dropping by. So we, we got a lot of wonderful, wonderful people tomorrow. But make no mistake, Dr. Keith Ablo is absolutely one of my favorites. I have been a... Fan sounds kind of weird, but I, I've been an admirer. I guess that's the best way, an admirer uh, of uh, Keith Ablo for years and years and years and just have loved his work in so many different mediums. So, uh, Keith, I appreciate you being here, man. Jeff, it's mutual. Oh, it's mutual. I'm a fan, too. And I'm not embarrassed to say so. I don't think it's weird. I'm your fan. 
Well, thank you, sir. I, I appreciate that. I, I got so much that I want to just sort of run by you this week, and I hope it's okay. Some of it is 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 really serious and, and sort of personal for a lot of us. And the other thing, if you remember last time you were here, I, I asked you about some of your your older books that are that are getting re-released, and I, I'm I'm hoping you'll tell everybody about them because we've got the holidays coming up. Well, I will, of course. So I wrote six psychological thrillers that we're going to re-release. They're they're available now on Amazon. Titles like Denial, Projection, Compulsion, and this was you know this was the fiction part of my career when I was writing these novels featuring a forensic psychiatrist who's remarkably empathetic, very knowing guy, but troubled. And he's got troubles with drugs. He's got troubles with gambling, et cetera. He's broken. But like a lot of people, he resonates very deeply and pristinely with the broken parts of other people so he can figure things out. And that's what these mysteries are about, psychological thrillers. Interesting. Now, where are they set, Keith? Well, interestingly enough, they're set in Massachusetts. I was living at the time in Chelsea, Massachusetts. I grew up, as you know. Yeah, (laughs) I loved Chelsea. Two square miles of urban blight, uh, which, you know, it just has so much energy in Chelsea, Massachusetts. You know, Chelsea, you know, Chelsea keeps catching fire. There have been two great fires in Chelsea. And I I say in the book uh, that it lingers near Flashpoint at all times. Right. And and then, you know, it takes place also on the North Shore in in Lynn, Massachusetts. You know, Lynn. Oh, and geez. so, yeah. The, yeah. So there's a murder in the Lynn Woods in one of them. But oh, so, you know, Clevenger, the main character, very much like Chelsea, okay. is it has he has soul. He has grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's ultimately a good man. But right. like a lot of good people, he's struggling with his own demons and uh you know people do um but he's uh he's remarkably empathetic and so those are being re-released which um i'm very happy about and uh we'll see uh we'll see what kind of uh thoughts people have about them they liked them the first go around right well let me ask you keith for for folks who are listening and i don't think it's too early to start thinking about hanukkah and christmas i really don't i think now's the time to uh get all that sort of stuff done are you going to offer them directly from your website? Would you sign them for listeners who want them? Is, is it best to oh, go that's so answer? nice. Yeah. That's a good question. Well, if people, no, it's really through Amazon. Okay. Um, if, yeah, it's through Amazon. You know, the, another book that I recommend is called Trump Your Life. I wrote that with a forward by Roger Stone. Oh, yes. 25 Ways yes. to Improve Your Life. By uh, yes, twenty-five ways to improve your life by uh, emulating, if you will, the best mm-hmm. qualities of of the forty-fifth president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And so, uh, I hope people will maybe think, well, this is a good gift for maybe even a young adult in my life. Oh my gosh! Uh, in order to, you I know. Had- I apologize. I had totally forgotten about. Oh, that absolutely is a great one. I'll tell you what I want to do if it's okay with you. I'm going to get my What's social that? media. Well, I want to get my social media director to get those books, uh, the mysteries as well as Trump Your Life, and we'll put them in the uh, the Jeff Katz Book Club section 
on the oh, website. Thanks, buddy. All right, and then we'll just sort of send people there and, and maybe make it easy. I love the idea, though, of Trump your life. God, what a great gift for a young person. That Oh, man, that's great. Well, somehow we have to turn back this tide of, you know, woke progressivism oh. and and take note of the fact that something obviously is very wrong when you've got people on college campuses demonstrating in support of terrorists. Yep. Something's wrong, you know, and it very, I guess it's better to see it. It's better to see it because who knew? In a way, who knew? I, I, didn't, I wouldn't have predicted that we would have, you know, a groundswell of anti-Semitism rear its head. Nope. But, man, it's better to know it that it was underground and deal with it now than wait another 10 years and deal with it then. Uh, it, it, it's a painful thing. Look, you, you know, both of my boys are in college, and my little guy, uh, not so little, he's 18, going to be 19, but, but my little guy is, is uh, up in Ithaca, New York, where I thought, man, you can't even get an airplane flight in or out. There can't be anything happening up there. And, and and across town at Cornell, you got a guy who's saying, "Oh, I'm I'm going out and I'm killing Jews tonight." It's just insane. It is insane, and uh, it it's partly, I think, you know, whatever underbelly of human existence has always targeted uh, Jewish folks. It's also, though, I think, it shows the power of social media to mm-hmm. misrepresent. Yes. And it shows that, you know, the king of the day can be uh, the king with no clothes, the emperor with no clothes. If he's got a big TikTok account, that's right. then nobody says you have no clothes. They say, yeah, well, I mean, I, I saw the image that you got you put up and the words on that fancy, you know, uh, you know, the fancy drawing or illustration. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, it's scary stuff. It is scary stuff. Dr. Keith Abloh is joining us, and uh, just one of the, uh, the the best guys that uh, that I know, and, and talented in so many ways. Keith, I have to ask you, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if I read something that says the following, we follow best practices for transgender care as outlined by the American Academy of Pediatrics, Pediatric Endocrine Society and the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. What does that mean in English? What that means in English is that whatever organization is saying they follow those best practices has decided with no basis in science that castrating young people and or adults, and causing chemical castration is A-OK. And in fact, that they are okay making money that way, and that despite the fact that there's no science to back up what they're doing, there really isn't, uh, that they are okay dancing out onto that thin ice of saying, sure, we'll quote-unquote change your gender, which you can't do, uh, and we'll let you deal with it. 10 or 15 or five years from now, when you realize, oh, I guess I'm still depressed, but now I'm screwed because my body is not going to create children. And I might would have wanted, I might've wanted that. And I'm going to have to have surgeries to try to reverse the disfiguring surgeries that I had done. Mm -hmm. And so 
what you're outlining there where it's like we follow the best practices of the American Academy of Pediatrics and that they already caved those American academies, like the American, mm. Associ- you know, the, like the psychiatric, the APA, yep. same thing. Yep. Political organizations, really, they're not medical organizations anymore. They're following, they're going along to get along. And basically they're saying, well, there's an opportunity here. You know, you write down this diagnosis, you can bill a lot against it. Mm-hmm. Hormone shots, yep. visits to the therapist, surgeries. And you know what? It's for life. Right. Those people are going to need care forever. What a gold mine. Wow. Wow. Isn't that, that it's it's tragic. I mean, we I think most of us who are not doctors <clears throat> understand you invest a lot of time, you invest a lot of money, of course, you, you're going to be compensated for providing care, but sure, if you can get somebody who's going to need you for the next 40 years, boy, that's that's a fair amount of uh, dough right there. Well, any scientist, anybody who really cares about science or people would say, well, wait a sec, where's the research? Shouldn't we be trying to treat, say, try to treat folks with who, who feel as though they are women, mm-hmm. take one group and say we're doing nothing. Take another group, say we're going to try the estrogen injections, and take another group and say we're going to try testosterone. Maybe yeah. they don't feel male enough, so we make them feel more male. Well, if you ever proposed that, they'd have your head. <laughs> that sensible approach yep. where you would actually study this and say, well, what about antipsychotics? It seems like it's a delusion. You think you're a woman, you're not. Right. Uh, how about a trial of medicines that deal with other delusions, like mm-hmm. that you're a CIA agent? That, there you go. Again, yeah. they will yeah. come for you. They okay. will take your credentials. They will pillory you. And they're certainly not going to fund you. Right. Right. So they've made it illegal in many states to provide uh gender affirm well care that would say let's figure this out you yeah. say you're female i say you're not uh let me try to help you to stay in the gender that your body dictates yes. in some venues that's illegal you can lose your license just for that wow it makes no sense the emperor has no clothes people have to start standing up and having the courage to say i'm not supporting this institution that does this Uh, I'm not taking my kids to Boston Children's Hospital because I know what's going to happen. If Johnny says that he's Josie and he's a girl and I disagree and I say, man, what do we do to have this not happen? They're calling social services. I'm not being a good parent because I won't agree to buy a dress for Johnny. Well, let's end on a high note, Keith. I Okay. I mean, it, it, honest to God, I mean, you could I just hope, cry, you could I cry. Hope it doesn't over involve castration. Hey, no, no, no absolutely, no, yes, certainly yes, not. Right, no, yeah. no. I want to, I want to just let you know, I am going to get all of those books. We're going to put them up in our jet. You're so nice. Well, listen, I again, really, I, I, I love the work you do. I love, I love having you on the show. You take time out of uh, every other Thursday to be here, which means a lot to me. I love it. Yeah, and we'll we'll steer people that way. Perfect for Hanukkah, perfect for Christmas, perfect for both. Right? I mean, it's just they're they're great books. Exactly. Well, it. I'm in New York tonight. I'm going to a fundraiser for Israel. We're all very high value targets at the fundraiser, so let's hope uh, everything uh, goes okay. <laughs> well, 
you, you are always in my thoughts and prayers, Brother Ablo. Believe me. There you me. go. And, I'll be uh, back in Massachusetts soon, digging the moat around my office <laughs> to keep the progressives from swimming over and trying to get me out of my place. There you go. Listen, Keith, we love you, man. Thank you for being here. That's Dr. Keith Ablo, and I'm going to get my social media director, PJ Morrissey, to uh, to hit Amazon and get those books. Uh, there should be, what, seven books total. We'll get them up in the uh, Jeff Katz Book Club and make it easy for you because I'm telling you, we're just sort of trying to revamp that a little bit on the website, and that way give you some good ideas. It's November. you, you got to start thinking about holiday gifting, so um, that's going to be a good way to go. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Yeah, it really is Friday Eve. Tomorrow, man, just a barn burner of a show. Gangbusters. Governor Glenn Youngkin, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, Congressman Bob Good. Looking forward to all of them. Yeah. Look, I, I happen to think the world of Glenn Youngkin and Winsome Sears. I do. I do, and I, I make no apologies for that. Uh, I believe that I was the first on-air person to say, hey, these are these are my choices. And uh, there were a lot of people going, Winsome who? How do you spell Yunkin again? You remember that? When, when, when the governor first started appearing on the show, he actually had to spell his name out for people. And, well, you know, it rhymes with the donut place, but there's a G in there and blah, blah. And now... What's happening? You got people all over the country saying, have you thought about running for president? Just saying. They'll all be here tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Uh, Nice text here, and I don't have any answers, unfortunately. It says, I live in the Fairfield District of Henrico. There are five candidates for school board, no party named, no idea who to vote for. I wish I could help you. I have no idea either. I don't live in Henrico. And so I don't know any of those details. Quite frankly, it's another reason why I'm thrilled to be up here in Hanover. I do. I just love, love, love Hanover County. I don't think there's any place better. I really don't. And I got friends, obviously, in Henrico, in the city, down in Chesterfield, out in New Kent. And there are great people in each of those places. But there is is just something about... Hanover County that makes me feel good but you know one of the easy things I gotta tell you like for our Commonwealth's attorney toughest part about the Commonwealth's attorney election up here in Hanover I I gotta learn how to spell Babichenko I'll take that over CAs and Chesterfield Henrico and Goochlin that seem to be more concerned with criminals than crime victims you know what I mean I gotta learn how to spell Mackenzie Babichenko and that's okay I'm working on it I'm I absolutely am. All right. Uh, thanks again to everybody who turned out last night for the uh, great politics and pints presented by Chronic Care of Richmond at the uh, Beacon Theater in Hopewell. It really was great fun. Tomorrow morning, my friends John Reed and Gary Hess are going to be right here. Please do not be late. I should see you right there at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Governor Yunkin, Lieutenant Governor Sears, Congressman Good. Have yourself a fantastic evening. God willing, you and I get the chance to do this all over again tomorrow, starting at 3. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. Adios and Viacom deals. Going home now to stay.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.